Broadcasting live from Hartford, Connecticut, it's the Hartford Yacht Goat Radio Show. Do you like smooth music and conversation? If so, stay tuned for an action-packed episode that you are sure to love. I'm your host, Dave. And I'm trying to man the board right now. With us today, special guest, Yacht Goat DJ, Eric. Say hi, Eric. Hey, everybody. So, uh, that's my opening. What do you think of that? The music was way too loud. <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to learn how to do this stuff. <laughs> I think it, it will be fine because uh, the first episode, uh, if I'm not mistaken, maybe one of the softest podcasts ever because <laughs> technically i'm a little i'm not that savvy and i think the first so when i posted it it's like ooh, that's soft and then i try to turn it up and it, it gets all fuzzy oh. so it's like i don't even know what the heck's going on it is soft rock it's soft soft all right well let me um let me uh transition over to some good um conversation music so just vamp for a second so we're sitting down here in the basement, our basement studio in Dave's house. It's sort of a Yacht Rock Central. It's uh, two tape decks, some microphones, beautiful recording equipment here that we've gathered together, being in bands and stuff. It's pretty much how we uh, we started being a Yacht Rock DJ cassette uh, group, group, ensemble, troop, whatever you want to call us, you know. Dave and I were just looking for a different avenue to play out and have fun, and uh, we realized that these guys are way, way too talented for us to cover. <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah, that's right. That's, that's a good uh, good topic. So, yeah, you you were in the, the Myths, a Smiths tribute band, yep. and I was in a band called Island of Doubt, named after uh, a Talking Head song, and we just did deep post-punk cover songs. And uh, so what was it? We... We had been talking about Yacht Rock just because even though we like that alternative stuff, we like Yacht Rock as well. And uh, what were we doing? We were we what? were in, in Boston yep. seeing Depeche Mode, bringing our, our lovely wives to see Depeche Mode for what a Valentine's Day gift because we <laughs> yes. are just such yeah. good husbands. And so then on the way home, they were in the backseat asleep and we're like, blah, 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 we're talking about. I think we're just staying up trying to keep awake. Probably. Thinking of funny things. I think we were half asleep, I think, when the idea yeah. came out of your mouth. <laughs> you know? I think it was it was, it was it was just like, yeah, we can't do a trip. We can't do a band. We're already in bands. We have lives and it's too much. And these guys are too talented. But then the cassette thing came later on. It did. I think we were in the backyard. I, I thought we were in... I thought we were in the backyard? I don't know. I don't know. Well, <laughs> it all blends together. It, it's because I traded, got a new car, and my old car had a tape deck. My new one didn't. And I'm like, I can't play any of my tapes. And you were setting up a man room because your in-laws were moving in, and you're like, man, I need some I need some space for myself. And uh, you're like, I need, I'm going to get some tape decks in my man room, in my man cave. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And, uh, and I think... We had already been talking about DJing, and then it was just like a light bulb. Like, hey, so there's not Every, that, anybody can that's DJ actually, with a computer. That's not actually a really good reason to do something just because like, <laughs> you're just like, say, hey. Just, <laughs> hey, we could do this. Uh, and uh, and so then, uh, so then we we said, oh, we like that, we like that a lot. And uh, we had been talking with Cass because 
Cass. We didn't know each other. We just well, kind of knew I, each other through. I knew Cass. I, I mean, yeah, but not like, you know, we didn't know each other as far as all three of us as friends. Oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And, um, but she she and I have been talking about doing something Yacht Rock re- related. And when I get, told her the idea, of course, she was like, yes, yes, yes. And uh, she said just like that. And um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing she's not here. She, Cass will be on a future episode. We just got off the phone with her, and uh, she was gonna. We were gonna record this with her, but she had a meatball sandwich that was getting cold. So she said, "You know, you guys do this. I'll, I'll, I'll be there in person, and, and we'll have the all three. But you know, we're sort of building up that to, uh, you know, build up anticipation with the audience to have all three of us actually on a show. But um, so anyway, so Cass." Like the idea, and we were at an awards show, and and saying we need this is a good idea. We need a good name. It has something to do with Hartford, and because Hartford has a minor league baseball team, the Yard Goats. There was yet another. Oh, that's a good idea. Even though maybe it wasn't to say, we'll call ourselves the Hartford Yacht Goats, mm. and uh, so people in Hartford are kind of like vaguely amused, and everyone outside of Hartford is vaguely confused. As to why we chose it. But uh, although Yacht Goats, because Goats is like the greatest of all time. So you could be like, oh, yeah, they're just playing the greatest yacht hits of all time. But we were in the beginning. Well, we, we were new. You know, when we first started, it was the big ones. You know, yes. The yes. Holy Trinity. You yeah. know, <laughs> and you took us down the Yacht Rock K-hole. I'm, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're sort of our, our, yeah, our Alice in Wonderland. I think at first I, yacht I, rock I was... Even though I'd watched the web series from, I, I hadn't really, I wasn't that, I didn't really know about the podcast because I, I, I'm not really a big podcast guy. It's one of my uh, blind spots. And so then when I finally kind of was like, oh, those guys have this thing. And then I kind of, oh, you know, my slow realization, it's like, yeah. oh, I can't play Air Supply all the time because that's not actually Yacht Rock, even though I liked Air Supply. Uh, and then it was like, then we had that conversation, like, dude, we need to actually like, there are people who care about this stuff. Yeah. And so it's like, Hey, listen, if we're, do, if we're doing this cassette stuff, we may as well do it right. Yeah. And, uh, and well, you know, we started off with obviously, you know, Loggins, McDonald, and then when you Steely come across, Dan. yeah, Steely Dan, they cross Toto. Yeah. Toto. And then Toto is really just, that's really where the whole Genesis starts, you know, is where it, well, with yeah, those yeah, guys, the studio you know? stuff. So yeah. then, um, I know I'm missing some part of the story too here, but uh, what was it? We, yeah, we did the pool party. I already told this in the first episode from this point forward. So this is kind of like the well, little Well, you, you, you glazed by how you fell asleep in the corner of my pool yard. And I think Cass... Uh, that was only because I had fallen asleep in the pool <laughs> ahead of time. <laughs> I think Cass told me to fuck off and went home. She was a little she tipsy. Was, she, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, but that, that was because it was so much fun. Yeah. Um, and we're used to playing in bands and work like you're working hard uh, playing music, and you can't. And then just to be able to sit around and just play fun tapes, yeah. uh, drink it in the sun. It's like, hey, let's let's party down, man. And uh, that, that was it. So, uh, what do you think about uh, listening to some music? And enough with the chit chat. Yeah, man, what you got, uh, what you got queued up All there right, on so the so I got two songs. Uh, actually, this will be three songs, but which one do you think we should start with? Uh, we got Paul Anka's Darling Darling, which mm. I like because 
Kenny, Kenny yes. Loggins comes in and hijacks it. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. Uh, and then the other one is Betty Wright's uh, Make Me Love the Rain, and that has Bobby Caldwell on it. Mm. So two songs with some pretty uh, heavy hitters in the terms of the guest stars on the songs. Um, and before we play, I just wanted, I, this reminds me. So for now... Uh, you know, there were some conversations about playing whether or not we play songs people know or play the deeper stuff. And I kind of realized that because we're posting apparently this stuff on SoundCloud, I don't know if we have any licenses for any of this music. <laughs> so so uh, what I think I'm going to try doing until we sort of figure out what we're doing is... In other it, words, until we get sued, maybe... Well, they're not going to sue us, <laughs> but they'll just like take our shit down. But... Um, uh, if we play songs that are not on Spotify, I think that might avoid the uh, algorithm, set, you know, sentries out there that search for people who are, uh, you know, posting stuff. So, like, you know, if I posted "What a Fool Believes," I play "What a Fool Believes," uh, that might that would raise some alarms on their their uh, their sensors. But Betty Wright, that she's not on Spotify. Paul Anka, I wish he was on Spotify because that album. Paul Anka's it, not on Spotify. He's on Spotify, but not, but not his this, his wonderful final, walk, walk a fine yeah. line album <laughs> with Michael McDonald and a whole yeah, yeah. whole gang. The whole gang's on that one. They, in it's fact, they Paul they, Anka's finest. It, it got bad reviews because they said it's like yeah, he has all these L.A. studio musicians and they basically just take over the album, which is you know. Which is true. All right, Dave. I think you've just proven the fact which ones you got to play first. It's got to be the Paul Anka one. All right. <laughs> Definitely. All right. So I like this song. And also, it, David Foster craps all over it, too. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Paul, poor Paul Anka. He's like, I'm a big star. I'm from the 60s. I'm, I'm making Paul a comeback. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, man, here in L.A., this is how we do things. And uh, it's like. But to be fair, they gave him the first verse and chorus, and then they gave they it, took yeah. it all. And it's like, home. okay, I like this song. I'm Paul Anka. And then uh, Kenny Loggins like, all right, here I come. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I'm just singing the bridge, and, and I'm not going to stop. And uh, Dave Foster is like, I'm going to do whatever I want because I'm goddamn Dave Foster. I think that's the way he talks in my imagination. <laughs> so that being said, uh, enough of our how, – how, how far – we're like 11 minutes into this episode and we haven't played one song. We are going to be the worst Yacht Rock podcast ever. <laughs> but on that note, here, let me pull down this background music and we'll talk to you guys in a little bit. Sorry for the long intro. You know, it's Eric's first show. It's our second show. Eric's uh, first we're, time We're here. all excited. We're giddy. We're giddy. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll be back in a little bit. Enjoy the music, everybody. We love you. I saw you tonight. 
Ugh, that was a scorcher. The Duras in the house. So we are back uh, from those songs, from the music. This feels like it's been a long time since, uh, that seems like a, a long song, uh, just four songs, but it almost feels like a day went by in the meantime. But uh, what did we hear? Um, so first we talked about Paul Anka with Darling Darling, where like every session musician played on it. And then uh, followed up with Make Me Love the Rain from 1981. That's Betty Wright. And uh, that is Victor Feldman on congas. And uh, Bobby Caldwell, you can hear doing the the backing vocals. What do you think about that song, yeah, Eric? It's my favorite part of that. Oh, uh, really? See, I, oh, I'm, yeah. I, I think it's the opposite of the Paul. Anka. I think on the Paul Anka song, Kenny Loggins comes in and just take, takes apart the song. <laughs> on the Betty Wright one, it's like her vocals are so freaking good and like and she's like well i'm gonna have bobby caldwell come in and he's a great singer but even like i i i think he was like oh man i'm in i'm in over my head here because because betty wright is just killing it here it was that last note at the end i think she had to go over the top yeah i think i I think the whole song she killed it you know so i was like i was like why i wonder why bobby caldwell actually was on that like why did that he get brought in was like Betty Wright forced to do it, but I'm like I don't think so. I was looking at uh, I was looking at the song, so she, I mean she wrote it, and I looked at the other musicians and it, the, the guitar player, bass player, piano player. I looked them up on Discogs. Like what else did they do? All they did was play with Betty Wright. It's like they're her band. Yeah, it's like the, the <laughs> so, Betty Wright house band. Huh? I think like yeah, she, but she's Betty Wright is no joke. I mean she's I'm, I'm pretty impressed. Uh, so producer of that is Andre Fisher. He's the drummer with Rufus. You know Rufus and Shaka Khan, and he produced Brenda Russell, he produced Michael Frank, Franks, and Tata Vega. She did a cover of Ned Doheny's "Get uh, Get It Up for Love." That's pretty good. I might play that sometime. Oh, I hope. Yeah, maybe we'll, we'll do a cover episode. All just covers uh, sometime in the imaginary future. So that uh, yeah, Betty Wright's sick. I think that song is just awesome. It's not on Spotify. What year was that, Dave? Eighty-one. Eighty-one. Um. So that was followed up by uh, a Jim Photoglow song. I made jokes about playing deep fo- Jim Photoglow tracks. <laughs> and sometimes I, I, when he comes in on that song, I think he sounds like he's trying to do a journey. He's trying to sound like Steve Perry a little bit. But um, that's off his uh, 1981 album as well, Fool in Love With You. That's a classic album. Big year. Yeah, Carlos Vega's on drums. And then uh, his songwriting partner, Brian Neary, worked with Olivia Newton-John, David Soule. <laughs> then uh, he went on to write one of those songs off James Ingram's It's Your Night album, which is the Yamo Be There album. And uh, so then after Tonight Will Last Forever, what do we get to? Roger Viduris. <sighs> Roger Viduris with It's Gonna Be a Long Night. That's off the it the Lonely Lady soundtrack. Now that song's not on Spotify, it's not on YouTube, it's nowhere. I've never heard it. Well it's not I mean, you, you, I mean <laughs> unless you got the album, it's nowhere. No, you're and uh, it's I think that's I think that song is just uh, fire. But um, so let's see. He 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 co-wrote it with Char- Charlie Colello, who did the score of the movie. And that guy Charlie Colello, he's a pretty big shot dude. He worked with like Bruce Springsteen and uh, a whole bunch. Of, was it Barbara Streisand? A whole bunch of artists. I think he did the arrangement for Sweet Caroline. So he probably gets money every time. Oh yeah, Red Sox won. Oh God. Even when they're not cheating, yeah. <laughs> but 
Speaking of debacles, uh, The Lonely Lady, if you go on Charlie Colello's site, it actually links to The Lonely Lady, the movie with Pia Zadora. That, that, that song is from the soundtrack. And you can read all about like all the mess that went on with that movie. I, actually, I want to see that movie. I think it has some uh, very adult-oriented material in it. But it's supposed to be pretty bad. I think I'd like it. Um, Charlie Colello, he produced the final Roger Verduris album, On the Heels of Love. And because on that album, Richard Page sings and Steve George, the Pages guys, I'm pretty sure on that It's a Long Night, that's them in the background doing that like Michael McDonald-y sound. Yeah, it, sounded, it definitely sounded like him. But Jeff Percaro played no. on, on the Heels of Love. That was not Jeff Percaro drumming. I, I would be willing to bet that sounded like someone auditioning for Kiss. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely too straightforward. Yeah. Too straightforward. Um, so I was reading, you know, uh, I, I think that uh, that may have been Roger Viduris's last output, you know, recorded output, because I was on Wikipedia and it's like it said, yeah, after that, he remained a cult figure in Australia. I'm not sure why they had to say he remained a cult. Why couldn't they have just said, yeah, he remained popular in Australia, but whatever. Um, get it together, Australia. But um, then it, it quoted, but remained popular in Japan where his style of music was and is popular. And now that got me a little emotional. Because <laughs> I was like, you know, uh, this music that we all love, uh, Japan, people of Japan, they had the taste and the foresight to really embrace and support that music, you know, right from the get-go. And I think if it wasn't for them, a lot of it may not have ever been made. You know, in the U.S., you, like in Steve Lukather's book, you hear about how, like, the record executives screw over everybody and uh, really, like, won't release albums except in Japan. Like, that Larry Lee album, only released in Japan. Yeah. Like, Bill yeah. of Bounty, after his Bill of Bounty album, I think he went down south to be a songwriter, but then would still go play live in Japan. It's like... The, what, what do you put on the raincoat? <laughs> maybe. maybe. <laughs> I mean, I know like you know, Scandinavian, like Netherlands, and I think Sweden, they, they supported it as well. But in Wikipedia, no, it specifically mentioned like Viduris still, I guess, could have some career through Japan. And I was like, you know, we owe Japan thanks for appreciating this music for all for all these years, just being like, yeah, they, they ate it up. And, and, you know, thank you, Japan. But... That's where I kind of start thinking, like, is saying thanks really enough? And like, like, how do you thank a whole country? That's what I was kind of thinking about. And so I was at work, I was at a conference call, and I was thinking about this. <laughs> Wait, aren't you supposed to be working on a conference call? Well, the, <laughs> so, uh, but I was thinking, like, at the time, you know, all right, so the Doobie Brothers just got into the Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yep. And, you know, it's like, that, that was sort of on my mind as well. It was kind of recent, and uh, I'm like, well... Uh, moving on to a new song on the tape so I, I was thinking there really should be a Yacht Rock Hall of Fame where where would we where, put it? where, where in I, America would it be America would it be in Japan I, for all there may be a West Coast hall, Music Hall of Fame already I didn't do any research on this yeah so there may this may be a moot point but Hartford no not we're, Hartford per, we're perfect small city for it you know like Cleveland you know, uh, you know? let's go somewhere nice right. in Miami <laughs> Hartford's nice but maybe nice weather or something I, I don't know I don't know I'm not the person because to imagine what you would have to go through to set up a Hall of Fame oh, yeah I know I mean you yeah. you the talking to people. Forget about it. <laughs> so, um, but I think if we just kind of 
put the idea out there. Oh, germinate it. Germ. It's a seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're putting. We're planting a seed. I do that well. I can plant that little seed and then let everybody let, else do the it, hard it work. May, <laughs> it may be. It may be long after we're dead that the Yacht, the Yacht Rock Hall of Fame is comes into existence. But one thing is though, when that does happen, year number one, who should go in? Like big the big shots, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah Mike, definitely. Michael McDonald. Yeah, sure. Maybe Boskags, of course, oh, Kenny Loggins. Uh, so, who else should go in? And you know who should go in? The Beyond Yacht Rock guys. They'll, come on, they, right. they, they should be in there. They, they invented the term. Indeed, exactly. But my my uh, my contention is, year one, Yacht Rock Hall of Fame, in somewhere sunny, warm that I like. Uh, the entire nation of Japan. Hell, <laughs> all right. They need to be in, <laughs> inducted. Here's to Japan. Inducted, yeah. <laughs> Japan, it has to be, just to appreciate them. Uh, so, you know, that, I think that's the appropriate way to give thanks. And we were talking about that, and I was like, well, if if it doesn't happen, and, and Cass, who's not here, but Cass is a big horror fan, and she loves Japanese horror movies, and she's like, oh, you know, those Japanese horror movies... They're always about cursed this and cursed that. I'm like, well, that's yeah, perfect. Yeah. We should we should figure out a way the Hartford Yacht Goats can curse <laughs> a non-existent Hall of Fame if if they uh, if uh, can we curse every year? Like if they really no, it's, it's basically like all right, this non-existent if this hypothetical situation. If they do not put Japan in year one, we will haunt them from beyond our graves. I, um, I don't know how to do that. I don't know. You have your. Is it maybe there's a YouTube t- t- tutorial? Of course, there's. You so, can do anything on YouTube. But, uh, you know, our wives, our wives, kind of uh, are into that kind of. Well, they're not like in a heck. They they're not into the dark no, arts no, no. as far as they're I more, know. Yeah, they're more smudging and all that. They go to. Stuff. They slept over at Lizzie Borden's house. Yeah, they were unaffected. Didn't, and then Thea went and went to that Annabelle, where the doll is, and took tried to take photo. She takes photos in the in the graveyard. And shows me little orbs, and I'm like, "That's dust." It's right. But <laughs> I'm the same way. You know that right here in this basement, like when we f- first moved in the house, like 15 years ago, right where we're sitting, this basement wasn't finished, and Thea was like, uh, "Do we still have music going on here?" Hold on a second. Hold on. Sorry, guys. Oh, you kidding? That's me. the magic of tapes. You got to flip it over. <sighs> Side B. Oh, oh, yeah. All right, so. Right here where we're sitting, I remember Thea. We just moved in, and Thea, Thea like like came to me, and she's like, "Um, I was doing this thing, and I cast a circle, <laughs> and I knew about that from like Merciful Fate albums." And I'm like, "Okay," and she's like, "And I don't know if I did something wrong, but I didn't really like the way it felt, so I'm not going to do that again." I'm like, "Yeah, that sounds good to me." So I've always felt like here in the basement, there's always where we're recording. Like if the lights were to go out, and I don't think there's a good chance of it. If the lights were to go out. Something bad could happen, but I think we're pretty safe. You know, pretty safe. But um, I think we're getting off the topic here. Well, at, well just to th- I come from a town of Windsor, Connecticut, which is famous for arsenic and old lace. I live oh. about a mile away from that house. So What's with these murders? I don't know. It's, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, well, you know. Well, it's New England. It is New England. It's true. Um, all right. Well, let's... Uh, I think we're gonna have our first our guest of the show. Maybe uh, it's talk about 
our idea of the Hall of Fame and, and uh, a whole bunch of other crap because yeah. that's kind of a lame idea. Although I do like the idea of cursing it if they don't induct Japan. That's really the only... I mean, the rock, everyone hates the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for the most part. But, uh, you know, I think uh, I think the idea of a curse is kind of fun. But we'll talk... We're, we're going to bring on uh, John from the uh, Hot Shots in Milwaukee. Oh, yeah. Can't wait to talk to him. Yeah, and uh, talk about... What's going? On? I want to hear. I just want to hear what Milwaukee's like. <laughs> exactly, because we've been to Miami. We saw the boys in Miami. It's we got to go. We got to go to Milwaukee next. Like Laverne and Shirley. Yeah, <laughs> like breweries. Lots of, and, lots of breweries. Lots yeah, of beer. There you go. So uh, here we're just gonna do a hard cut, and then uh, hopefully we'll have John on from the Hot Shots to talk some yacht rock, more about yacht rock, and have some more music as well. Ooh, I've, you know, out of all the stuff we're doing on this show, I think figuring out what to have for background music is probably my like most perverse joy. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, which which cassette's this now? Oh, is, uh, so is it different from uh, week one? I, you know, right. Well, no, it's the same. It's I was playing Herb Albert earlier. Why I, Why wouldn't you use the uh, Connecticut song from your last your first podcast as your song? Like that's that we, the song, if right? We, if we uh, actually, what else could you do that's better than that? If, that's if we like, took time just... to actually, uh, I thought that because that it's so it cold in Connecticut would be a perfect thing, yeah. but um, that would require uh, effort that I was not prepared yet to, to give. So, <laughs> Understood. No, I got um, it. But yeah, when I heard that song, I'm like, wow, what a! Yeah. I wish there was a Wisconsin, you know, or Milwaukee themed, you know, yacht oh, rock song yeah. that I could tap into. And I just want to say. Uh, to, to the listeners, that detached voice you're hearing, let's introduce yes. you officially. It's John. Uh, fair enough. John from the Hot Shiats out in Milwaukee. Yes, that's, uh, that's correct. A fire keeper, if there ever was one, uh, in my opinion. So welcome to our Hartford Yacht Goat radio show that's not yet on the radio, but we like that ter- we like that title. <laughs> so, oh, thanks for having me. That's awesome. I'm, I'm excited yeah, awesome. to chat. Yeah, so um, back to what now that we've formally introduced you back to the this is a Jeff I saw a Jeff Lorber uh, fusion group. This is the t- you don't hear it, John. We have we have background music. You'll hear it on the final. Thing. That's fine. But um, so it's Jeff Lorber's fusion group. I think there's some jazz flute a, in there. And... Yeah, he had a trio, right? Yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. I have a couple of his records from his pre. It's a fact, you know. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. So I was down at a record store where they have uh, a lot of Red Scroll Red Scroll records. Eric, we've been there together. Oh, it's the greatest. And uh, they have all kinds of records. They're very, uh, very hip, very hip place. But they do um, in one section underneath. They have um, some plastic bins where just a bunch of tapes are thrown in that they don't even want. Some Dave, they have like they have a like thousand. thousand. <laughs> and and uh, no, that that was that's a different story. But there, there's maybe two buck buckets of tapes. And they're all they're all a quarter a piece, I think. So I, I'm like I would go through, them and it's mostly stuff I can't use. But I find you know I find like an Algero there, and I'm like, hey, that's like or like my ninth copy of Minute by Minute. You know what I mean? Sure. And, and they uh, all suck. They no, they're all they're all, okay <laughs> actually. Red Scrolls. But um, I saw this Jeff Lorber thing, and I'm like, well, you know what? Uh, for twenty five cents, even if it's just uh, instrumental, I I think I, I, I this is a while ago. I think I, like something him said. Maybe I could use that for something, and here we are playing it, even though you can't hear it. So, uh, enough about the background music, though. 
Um, oh, no, that's great. Yeah. I, I think that's uh, what's really interesting about, you know, going out and looking for these type of albums that we get into is, and, and book cassettes sets amongst that, but yep. you, know, you can find this stuff that's kind of these rare unearthed things that are so cheap, they're yes. worth gambling on, and you, you get sometimes pretty big results from it. I remember I walked into that store once, and like it was, we were we it was a, we were a couple friends, and there were, there was a fair amount of people there, and it's kind of like a um, there's a is it a metal metal more metal yeah it's track? it's pretty a metal it, it's yeah. kind of metalish so I walk in and straight ahead on the other side of the store through like the, these doors they kind of have like a cutout slash jazz bin and right in the front was a Michael Frank's LP I'm like oh, oh. Nice. And, and like I immediately let out oh fuck Michael Frank <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like like needle needle drops everyone turns around and like. I was like, why, why, why do you metalheads even know who Michael Frank is? Uh, so he looks hey, pretty metal. He looks metal though, like, on occasion, you know. Yeah, a Michael Frank's. Maybe, metal maybe they metal. thought it was Frank Zappa, and they kind of gave you a pass. He does look <laughs> Frank Zappa. He looks like. Frank Zappa. Zappa. <laughs> <laughs> um, so hey, John, let, let's uh, let's talk about the hot shiats. Is that how you is that how you say it? Okay. It is. It's like a shot. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's you know uh, a but, festive you know culture, the yeah. out rock, and so yeah. I thought Hot Shots was. I thought I was a genius when I came up with it, honestly. It's but it's name. pretty. It's pretty dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're talking to the Hartford Yacht Goats, so. <laughs> yeah, I like your name. That's good. It's good. I appreciate your name. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, the Hot Shots was. I mean, born of my. Uh, you know, you, you, you like as you probably found. There's a culture for yacht rock, and I'm in the DJ culture already, doing what I normally do, which is started off being funk, soul, R&B. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do all 45 shows for years. Oh, and yeah, then I started yeah. finding myself in other environments where I could, you know, kind of branch out, but found other friends and DJs that were mm-hmm. like-minded and really, you know, not quite to the depths. I think that guys like you and I are where, you know, there's this pretty large catalog. I mean, these guys I work with are, this guy's Prescott and Paul, these guys I DJ with, they love Yacht Rock. They don't nearly <laughs> get down in the muck as much as I do about it, though. <laughs> that's for sure. I know that feeling. Uh, we, we, we get down in the muck pretty pretty deep. Yes. Um, yeah, you know the forty five. Remember, we went to that forty five dance party, and it was all it was all those 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 forty fives from like the the singles from the eighties that you would like get at Caldors or whatever. Like or that's what I remember. And, sure. Uh, I was always in like the whole place was like rocking and it, would, and it was just one hit after another because they're just playing the singles and they sound so great because they're on those 45s. And I was always, and I remember thinking like, how do they keep these things from not skipping? And I probably put a penny on it or something, but uh, no, you have to find good records. <laughs> oh, just, <laughs> that's yeah. part of it too. Like you probably need a lot I, of cushioning. I, think, I thought yeah. is, is is there like padding and cushioning and like a shot? Yeah, system? I use like I have a certain setup I use like with a slip mat. It's uh, um, and a, and this. Dr. Suzuki, um, these uh, 45 slip mats. Mm. So you put a record, a 33 down, you put the slip mat on top. Oh, okay. And then, and then you actually put the record on top of that, but you get a really nice control for like cutting and scratching if you're one of those kind of dudes or, you know, even just for doing better mixes. You have a lot more tighter control. Actually, I like the control on 45s that work, you know, pretty yeah. well huh. if you want to get into that. I, I am completely ignorant as to how I would go about that. I think I basically am tape tape or die at this point i'll be i'll be a tape man till i die oh yeah <laughs> uh, i wouldn't know where to start on cassettes so i, I understand <laughs> um so when you actually so when, when you go out and do the yacht rock shows i'm curious like l- l- so w- give me an idea of the type of places you play and then like before you go there what what do you kind of like think mentally in terms of planning out for it ahead of time 
that's what the nice part is about working with three dudes is everyone has their angle mm-hmm. you know and then I also have people reminding me like you know I don't have to play I don't have to go deep all the time you know t- to get the point across yeah um, so really working with a, a group of three dudes these these guys are great because that we all have our, our perspective on Yacht Rock and what moves people and where things cross over maybe where the lines are mm-hmm um, and really, we're playing all over Milwaukee at this point. We've, we've found a lot of venues to play at. Um, there's a new, um, well, it's not new. It's been around for about a year, a tap room that Pabst has down in Milwaukee. Oh, yes, yeah. I saw uh, you played there. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it, it is, I mean, if you guys saw the, I, I, pictures don't quite do it justice, but it's a really nice, small music hall that they built for musicians. And I'd say for DJs too, it's acoustic, like all the pictures on the wall are made of acoustic fabrics. Uh, the hmm. drapes, you know, help bring sound into the venue. And it's good. just the right size place for doing what we're doing. And we, we did some outside shows there, too. And they have, like, AstroTurf outside. And, you know, you can play bags outside and also listen to Yacht Rock. <laughs> and have some, you know, different Paps beers that you don't normally see out in the market. Yeah, that's cool. So that's been our place where we've been we've done a, a fair amount of shows. We actually did a really large show, which went horribly. We... Uh, <laughs> We we got asked by Northwestern Mutual Business to you know play a gig for them. They're like, we love the Yacht Rock stuff. We want to see it. They're gonna, like, there's gonna be you know thousands of employees here for this event. We rented out the Pfizer Forum, which is where the Milwaukee Bucks play. Oh yeah, number one Milwaukee Bucks. Um, and they they had bought Buffett. They actually paid Buffett to come play their private employee show. Hmm. And they're like, we think this, you guys would be great. So we went downtown out to the new uh, arena. They set up an outside, like a large outside area with all these different bars and venues that you can party at before the game. And we set up and we played in about an hour into our show. About, we got shut down by the city. Hmm. The cops the cops came and shut us down. They said they didn't have a proper permitting for it. But, Too smooth. Uh, so punk it wasn't rock, that particular man. time in which we declared ourselves the bad boys of Yacht Rock. Nice. <laughs> so that was, we're like, they're throwing us out of places. They don't like what we're bringing, you know. It's it, it's, its own version of punk rock nowadays. Yeah, that's great. I think, so, so, John, I got a question for you. How close yeah. do you guys stick to the Yachtsky scale? Are you pretty... For me, I'd say I'm probably closest. <laughs> okay. My my friends probably ride that line a little bit finer. I, you know, I don't think they... I, even though I've tried explaining it, I don't think they quite fully understand yeah. the Yahtzee scale. I think they're almost like, why does there have to be a ranking system? Why can't you just put... It's kind of like what people say about Yacht Rock in general. You know, if yeah. I can play it on my yacht, then it's Yacht Rock. And it's like, I cool, mean, that's, your, that's yeah. your perspective. My perspective is some things are Yacht and some things are Yacht. I, I like that perspective. I like having that discussion. But I know that I can only have so go so far when talking to someone who doesn't really get into it too much. Yeah. So, so let me ask you this then. Like, one of the things that happens to us is though even though it creates a great vibe at a certain time of night when people kind of want it to be a dance party that's where we're like eh, it's really not we're not really gonna like you know tear the roof off the place and have everyone go party down it's it is smooth kind of mellow music right um, so have you do you ever run into that where you're like okay well, we yeah i mean but you know what though I'm a, I'm a dj first yep you know above all things and i'm professional so for me i just always load my box especially when i'm doing vinyl mm. um because I, I when i do the when i come up with the guys now i can do i can go kind of go in either direction i can do digital which i love because i obviously i have i have not been able to get all my favorite yacht rock gems on vinyl okay. <laughs> so i can stretch out a little bit more digitally but to make sure I always have a little bit of a backup plan, you know, for Yacht Rock when I'm DJing it, because 
who knows? Sure. Um, or to save those, I mean, you know, there are certain songs like that are got, I guess, bangers for a lack of expression, you know, but like George Benson. Oh, yeah. yeah. I should save George Benson. I should save Michael Jackson. I should, I should save Prince, like, you know, where there's some crossover. I should save Toto, you know, at least the big ones to the end because you can hit, you know, that last hour when people are finally maybe getting into it a little bit mm-hmm. and have those have those those yacht hits really on on board you know ready to go sure sure so um yeah we were talking about before the the idea of uh if there was a yacht rock hall of fame uh we were kind of given some left sort of interesting choices or rather i I was i was making the contention that uh the whole nation of japan should be uh, (laughs) inducted there's a lot of good there's a lot of good like uh city pop uh, yeah, out there. yeah, yeah. I mean, an un- un- insane at all that I'm still slowly mining. I, I mean, um, I wasn't even getting to that. I was just getting into the fact that they supported Yacht Rock so much. Like so... they did, but they they do like. The, I think City Pop is Yacht Rock. I oh mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there it's it's so fine the line between them. That I met that guy. Uh, I met DJ Van uh, Pognum. Pognum. Mm-hmm. He does the City Pop like music sets, and him and I were talking about this like. There's a, but yeah, crossover between the two genres. Yep. Um, that's so good. And yeah, those Japanese dudes, they loved <laughs> that stuff. And it, it was like, it went on like 10 years, 20 years after Yacht Rock. It's like they've continued to make it, Absolutely. you know, to a certain extent. God bless them. So any, uh, anything come to your mind where you say, oh, th- this should be, this should be included if there was, if there was a Yacht Rock. Well, the Yacht Rock Hall of Fame question. It, yeah. You know what? First thing, well, I thought of two things when, when you know, we kind of discussed that. Um, one is how many dude duets there are out there. Like all these groups of two dudes. Like, you don't think of one group nowadays, a contemporary group, where you're like, oh, it's that guy and that guy. There are no more of that. But there was like, the got rock genre is littered with these two dudes. You know, like Arson these Seaton. two dude groups. And Nielsen Pearson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Bugatti Musker, like yeah, the these Dukes. names are awful. Yeah, they have the Dukes. <laughs> like these names are awful, and these guys were like, "No, we should just sandwich these two names up together. It'll be awesome." You know, and it, it's <laughs> it's weird because there isn't a single thing like that in our worlds right now. There isn't a single like, not even a Hall of Oats. Like, there's nothing even like that right now out there. Yeah, there's just. But so I think there should be a whole wing dedicated to like two dudes. Yeah, uh, do, I think that do that's or whatever you want to call them. You I, know, I think that's a winner. Oh hell yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be a f- yeah. But also, just these guys who do like these, these like single, these one-time deals, like Dane Donahue mm-hmm. or Dick St. Nicholas. These guys who made these like single albums yep, that yep. are just like full of good yacht rock. That there's like a wing for that too, you know. I think where they didn't ever make anything as good as that one album was. Well, in relationship <laughs> to the to the genre. Dane, you know? Don- that Dane Donahue album is so interesting. It's like the yacht, the, yacht rock one shot. Yeah, the yacht, yacht rock one shot. <laughs> it's I like would... a yacht and yacht shot. It's got like everything on it. It's yeah. got like all these Fleetwood Mackers around. I mean, and yeah. Eagles. I mean, it's got a lot of like density I, to that album. You I know? always think that it's like if the Eagles had broken up and Glenn Fry and Donald Fagan started hanging out and Donald Fagan's like, I'm sick of that Walter Becker. And then Glenn Fry's like, let's make an album together. And he he's like, I have some songs. I, we can just use these. And then Donald Fagan maybe wrote three or four. And then they tried to sort of see, well, maybe they'll congeal. You know, 
but then it's like you listen to the album and and, and it almost is I, I mean it's almost like you could be like if that was the case you could say well that's the Donald Fagan song and that's the Eagles song and it sounds like Glenn Fry's, Fry is singing and uh yeah that's uh that's my uh that's my personal review of Dane Donahue for those interests. just these just these I mean the, just the, the, all those random dudes you know that you don't yeah. really hear much about yeah. that never got really talked about afterwards who just put out these albums that were just the one really shots. good you know these yeah, yeah. single single hot shots so to speak so we got a hot shots and a and a and the duos the double shots of, uh, <laughs> double uh, shots of dudes I don't know man <laughs> the, the, I mean the People talk about there's not that many, many. There's a lot of lady vocalists. Uh, there are so them. many. I was yeah. just thinking the same thing. There are so many good lady vocalists that, I mean, just creative, and, uh, uh, interesting, great voices, better than you know a lot of the dudes. You know, they just don't get enough notoriety either. Yeah, I mean, they made you know, it. The they, they have, there's a lot of albums where it's just, hey, this woman made the album, and a bunch of the yacht rock dudes show up, and like she just kills it. And then uh, there, there's there's a couple that actually. I'm not going to name names. There's like one or two where it's like it's a female singer and you hear all, all the Yacht Rock guys on it. And the songs are pretty good, but her, her voice is sort of like, eh. And the same thing with men, too. I mean, when you get down into those one-offs, sometimes you're like, I can hear this is a good song. The players are great, but the vocals are a bit pedestrian. And if, it, if I had a Hall of Fame, I guess you could throw those in there, too. The sort of like, if only they could sing section. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing that's so bizarre. And I, you know, I mean, you picked up on it a lot in, in the Beyond Yacht Rock podcast too, um, of just these people that hired the hired guns. Thing, yeah, you know, just some, like uh, David Cassidy. You know, that one album he did that's Yacht Rock is really awesome. Right, right. right. Uh, but like guys like that who, even I mean, vocally okay, but just the the, the firepower they had in the in the bands that they chose to record their albums, you know, like and make those albums is yeah. is impressive. Yeah, the vocals just can't meet that same level of you know gravity to get you know to meet the level you know absolutely so uh hey john we're, we're coming up on the hour mark of the of the podcast so uh i guess before we let you go and i think we'll definitely have to do this again um any uh any any final thoughts to to give to the people on the here on our second episode uh of our yacht goat radio show i think keep listening i mean for those that are into this genre you know, keep supporting, you know, this and Yacht Rock Miami and Yacht Rock Radio and Yacht Toronto. Rock Toronto. Like, all yeah. these people that are doing these things, like, the Yacht Rock Facebook page, that Michael Italiano's page, who I'm now, like, I help out with that page now. It's, there's 4,000 people on it. So just keep supporting okay. the things that are doing it. Jay Chameleon and Rock the Boat and <laughs> all these DJs and, and people that are actually trying to bring this out into the culture, which I think is just really fantastic that it's happening like it is. Totally agree. Well, thanks so much for calling in. We really appreciate it. And um, look forward to seeing what's uh, next with the Hot Shots. Yeah, I look forward to sharing that with the world. Smooth sailing, guys. Yeah, thank All you. Right. Thank you. We'll talk to you later. And we're back. Uh, we hung up with uh, John there. What do you think about that, Eric? You, yeah. You enjoy was, that? That was great. What a great first time on dave this is this has been fun i can't wait for more honestly we probably could have sat and talked with john for a whole other hour uh but i, I was like i don't know if anyone's ever done a two hour long podcast yeah. <laughs> we're even allowed to do that so, well uh, we also want to have him back so we wanna, yeah we, we don't want to get it all rid of you know one right. one sitting absolutely so hey thanks for listening again uh, to our second episode and uh we're gonna end with a song for y'all but um 
you know, I think the th- our next episode. Um, no, it's going to be a big one. I think we're going to have Casson. The and, full crew. Uh, that should be. Uh, I'm not sure how. The only thing I wonder how are we going to. We only play like five songs this one, so we got to uh, figure out how, if we should play more music or just kind of have the have the chit chat continue. Isn't that ba- some competent bass work there? Um, yeah. Anyways, we, we'll figure it out. You know. But um, so yet again, thanks thanks everyone for listening. I think the final song here, uh, appropriately, is called "Over and Done With." Uh, and it's uh, <laughs> from '77 by the band White Horse. Not that song, White Horse, but the band White Horse. And uh, I don't even know if it's really yacht rock, but it's off the "Too Slow to Disco" compilation. I think that's a cool song. Actually, we've played it live a couple times, and it always gets people dancing. So I have an affinity for it. it has uh, Bob Glob, the bass player, he's a soft rocker. Uh, Bill Payne, a little feats on it. Uh, Jeff Percaro actually plays on a lot of songs off this album, but not on this song. And I tried to check out some other songs from that album with Jeff Percaro on it, and it really wasn't to my tastes, shall we say? But anyways, um, they, they weren't, weren't, weren't very yachty for the most part. All right, so so White Horse is Billy Nichols. Uh, he had some. He was on some solo albums actually with Pete Townsend and a Roger Daltrey album, and was on that that recent Who album, Endless Wire. So that's one guy in White Horse. The other guy is John Lind. He played on an Adultery album, so some Who well, uh, a little, connection. Yeah. And he, I think he was on Earth, Wind & Fire's Boogie Wonderland, uh, unless if, if Discogs is not misleading me. And uh, then did a bunch of studio work, played on Madonna's Crazy For You. So that's that must have paid some bills. Oh, wow, yeah, that yeah. was a big hit for her. And the third guy is Kenny Altman, and he played with John Sebastian. I think he was on that Welcome Back Cotta song. That probably paid some bills as well. So you combine those, <laughs> the Who, some future Madonna work, and some Welcome Back Kata. Some heavy hitters. Some heavy hitters. And uh, <laughs> that's what we're going about to close this show out. So thanks, everybody. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Yeah.
you.